show. Ladies and gentlemen, BGEs and Gucci's, welcome back to the Aftershock Podcast, episode 2-4. I'm Mr. Pixel, and as always, we have David Shock. What's up, man? Not much. What's happening? Oh, just all kinds of stuff, really. All kinds of stuff. Yeah, all, ki- all kinds of stuff. It's, it's, a, it's a busy world right now. What are you talking about? <laughs> well, I mean, it, I guess it depends on which direction you want to go. You want to go personal or you want to go global? <laughs> let's go. Let's start personal first, I guess. Personal. <laughs> so, yeah. What what have you been up to? Anything Anything interesting? Anything pertaining to what we do here? No, no, <laughs> not really. I mean, it's cold where we're at. And you can't do much, right? Well, it's, you know, it's typical Ohio weather. Um, so we had winter last week <laughs> and then spring. <laughs> we have spring today and summer tomorrow. And then we'll have winter for another day or two. Right. So, yeah, the bipolar, you know, you'll see all four seasons in one week in Ohio mm-hmm. kind of thing is what we're going on now. So, you know, I'll have an allergy and a head of cold for off and on for the next month. <laughs> yeah. Which will be fantastic. But no, not a lot. Not a lot's going on here. Just doing my thing, working. Yeah, the weather's kind of kind of screwed me over, I guess would be the best way to put it. Um I had the I had a red dot class intro to red dot class I was going to take. How that go? Uh, it didn't go. That's the, pro- <laughs> that's the problem. <laughs> we had a uh, snowmageddon happen, and unfortunately, the instructor couldn't fly in for the class. So that was a class that I wasn't able to take uh, because we had no instructor. The good news, you got your money back, though. So. Correct. Yes, they were. And that was kind of iffy at first. And then luckily, the the people that facilitated where that class was going to happen they once it came up and they're like oh yeah the weather's going to suck it's probably not going to happen we're going to give you your money back so yeah i mean it's cool to get your money back but i kind of wanted to take the class see if i could get anything from it but you know hopefully he'll he'll come through again some other time and you know i'm one of those people that sandbags all my days off so i can throw a day out there and take it off and take an all-day class for for red dot but so i don't know why i didn't think of this before one of the places that i go one of the ranges um the dynamic range that i go to Mm -hmm. here may have a red dot class they might coming up i know they i know they have before right and just a little shout out it's impact shooting or impact uh yeah shooting center okay to those guys awesome range haven't been there in a little while just because of scheduling and whatnot has prevented that but they may have a they may have a red dot class yeah they might yeah i'm gonna keep my eyes open for that um i also put in for another uh training through work and unfortunately we don't have the staffing right now to allow me to go for that day and a long story I'm not going to get into through the infinite wisdom of the people who handle things in our department. We don't have ammo. 
So imagine that, a police department without ammo. How do you not have ammo? I mean, I'm sure you have ammo, just not training ammo, right? Um, yeah, uh, it's, it's a long story, but it's a lot of bad planning. <laughs> so I have what's in my gun and the two magazines that are in my pouch <laughs> on my belt. And that's about the same for everybody else. Mm. And I mean, granted, that's defensive ammo as well. But yeah, we we don't have ammo. Uh, we're switching. We're sometime this year, we're supposed to switch to the same model of gun, but different caliber. But we don't have those guns or the ammo for it. So <laughs> and that would be. That would be the P329 millimeter? Correct. Nice. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting to think about that. We've, we've lost our range. We have no extra ammo. <laughs> and, I mean, we don't get into stuff like that. But, you know, you know how it is. Once you don't have that stuff, that's when something's going to happen. I mean... If, if you're a first-time listener, if you don't know, Mr. Pixel is a police officer. And it's not like it's Detroit or somewhere like that. Yeah. It's crazy yeah. that you should probably be out training every other week. But yeah, Fort about, Wayne, I mean, it's not a it's not a teeny tiny small city or anything. It's right. decently yeah. sized. But, but still, that's uh, not a good predicament to be in. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So, and I I did look it up. They do have a pistol red dot class in October. Oh, do they? Mm-hmm. And the the Jedi Master from the Modern Samurai Project is the one. Which one is running. which one is it? It just says uh, red dot pistol fundamentals uh, instructor two day course. Because uh, the guy who was supposed to be uh, doing the one that I was going to go to is endorsed, I believe, by them. I think his name was Brian Hill. Okay. So, but I think he's affiliated in some way with that that organization. So this is Scott Jedlinski. I believe okay. that is the guy. Okay. I I believe I, I'm not. I don't want to. Right percent say that, but October fifteenth and sixteenth. Oh, I'll have to look into that then. Maybe make a an aftershock field day. <laughs> let's go. Yeah, let's we'll we'll look into that after we get off of here. All right. So, um, aside from all the negative, I did just have uh, recently a supervised visit with my suppressor <laughs> a supervised visit yeah it's supervised visitation with that um experienced so i had purchased and gotten everything into motion for that prior to the switch to the electronic way of doing it but apparently it was still in that limbo phase between where it got switched over to the electronic so i had to uh do the electronic process uh with my my ffl or you know whoever it is that i was doing it through um that was interesting 
he uh he he called me up or i think he sent me an email and said hey we got to do this you don't have to be here but we need to be on at least on the phone at the same time so we can log in to the uh the atf website at the same time and it just happened i had some errands to run so i was around where he was at and i said you know screw it i'm just going to come in we can do it he pulled out an extra computer and i logged in and basically all it is is i logged in answered a few questions he logged in and he could see what i was doing on that computer and then it asked him some questions and he answered those questions and then we submitted it and that was it and for for the whole process yes now now mind you i've already i'd already submitted my paperwork and all that stuff beforehand so um i had used and we'll do a big thing about this later on i had gone through silencer shop and all that so they already had that i think this was more i i'm assuming this is for the stamp part of it maybe Yes. But, so like silencer shop, you already had your fingerprints, you already had your passport photo. Correct. Um, they probably already had your uh previous background check. So you were just correct. basically probably applying for the second one. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, according to him, even through silencer shop, even even then they were still doing everything in paper and then mailing it right to, to ATF. But yeah, that, that portion of it took, like I said, it had, I was the first, he said I was the first person that he had done it with. And he had a couple more people coming in that week, five minutes of that to do it all. So here's, you know, fingers crossed. Here's, here's hoping that that means it's going to be shorter waiting times once this initial push gets taken care of for, you know, everyone's wait times, hopefully this reduce, reduces the wait times. I mean, they're already going to put us on a list, so at least make it more convenient for us. <laughs> I mean, right. You're, you're on the list. I'm on the list. Yep. I don't, I just don't understand why it takes so long. Right. I, I talked to, because we talked about this last couple of weeks. I talked to a buddy that I think is going on 11 months Oof. right now. And I'm yeah. like, are you kidding me? I mean, I, the last one I got was in mid 2019, and I think it was six or seven months. Okay. I think that was the last one I got. So I can't understand. I mean, pandemic, everybody buying them up, mm-hmm. but still 11 months. That's crazy. Yeah, because that's a is that a form four? Is that uh, the form four? Trust. Yeah. For those, yeah. I mean, looking at the ATF. Oh crap, this wasn't updated. This hasn't been updated since September. Even then, paper, they're saying it only took eight months. So somebody's lying about something there. <laughs> Imagine that. The government's lying. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> yeah, I know. Shh. <laughs> so that was a nice 
bright spot and all of this stuff that's going on. So, yeah. So that's awesome. And on top of that, I took advantage of, I, I bought that through Silencer Co. when they were running their buy one, get one. I quote asterisk, I guess I would put that as a buy one, get one with an asterisk because there's stipulations. But um, what was it? A couple of weeks ago, I think I got an email from them that they're processing stuff and they're expecting everybody's to be out by june the the quote unquote free ones and got another email that said they were actually processing my i don't know what you want to call it a claim i guess they're processing my claim so hopefully i hear back about that sometime soon and i qualified and then i can get my my second one so i'll be jumping in with two suppressors sometime this year that i get to have fun with you don't just ease into suppressors <laughs> that's right <laughs> one does not simply ease into suppressors <laughs> right there is a there's an addiction to it and the wait time i think adds to that yeah you know because it's like you know the longer you wait four or five months and it's like oh my god it's taken this long i should go ahead and order another one now yeah <laughs> that way when i get my first one i'll almost have my second one yeah you start staggering them so that way it's a, a constant influx of <laughs> i mean i may know somebody that did that <laughs> may know someone <laughs> i may have been that person that i know that, did that. um but they're you know, I don't want to say that they're, you know, the sliced bread of firearms, mm -hmm. but they kind of are. I mean, it makes them quieter. It yeah. makes them, it's just, plus yeah. the cool factor. I mean, they're yeah. just, they're cool. And well, it's one of those things that I've always heard people that have them say, once you have them, you don't want to go back to shooting without them you know uh yes yes and no i mean there's yes. guns that i i mean you know we had the when we had the ak episode you know i love the ak because it's just loud dirty and obnoxious right you know bo put a bo puts a can on his ak mm -hmm. i don't know that i really want to because it kind of takes away part of that loud and obnoxious part oh, of the whole yeah you know shooting an ak that makes it kind of fun right but no, like AR stuff, especially like a, like an AR pistol, mm -hmm. or if you have a short barrel rifle, you know, it kind of turns it into a rifle length, but it's suppressed. I mean, you don't you don't right. have to hold it out there, but yeah, it's you know, I guess life changing is a little extreme, <laughs> <laughs> but it it does make it more enjoyable. Yeah. I said we'll the, the the only AK I've shot was Eric's and it had a suppressor on it at the time. And I was I was impressed with how it shot with the suppressor on it. Like, I mean, obviously I don't have you know a baseline of an AK, I know what an, what an AK feels like without a suppressor on it. 
but for being a bigger cartridge and everything else, I was impressed at how how even and smooth it was when I shot it. So I I can see where the 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 appeal is. Yeah, I mean it takes away, you know, some of the muzzle flip and and you know, some some the flash if you're shooting in low light kind of thing one of the downfalls with the ar is you'll get especially like an ar pistol that's already usually overgassed. Mm-hmm. you'll get a lot more gas in your face so i would suggest spending a month the money on the raptor i think it's sd charging handle that's that has like the vent tubes or the vent okay throws kind of in in there and there's a couple other i think there's yeah. one called a warhammer that kind of tries to seal it off and i'm glad i'm glad you you went there because i was thinking did you see that and see i i didn't know that there was other companies that had already done that the one that's popped up on my radar recently was in a, i'm not a fanboy i just follow their stuff we'll see after i get their suppressors to see if i'm a fanboy but silencer co has a charging handle now that's supposed to reduce all i mean i it's it's not nothing but all pretty close to very very low to close to nothing of the gases that come out of the back of your ar uh, what whether i mean it's so new i don't think i've seen anybody actually review it other than silencer co which you know always be skeptical of the people who are releasing it but uh judging by the shots they had on there you know i guess there's a little bit of a gasket and everything and it looks like it it keeps a lot of that blowback from coming back at you yeah i saw that too i think um i think tgc talked about it okay and they had they kind of had the video from from them on there that it it seals off the bottom Mm mm-hmm which it looks like, and I think I think you're right. I think it has like an O-ring or something on it. It's like a U-shaped ring, if I remember correctly, by looking at, I watched part of their video. It looks like like a U-shaped gasket on the bottom part of it. Yeah, so it'll, it'll wear out, but it, you know, that's where the gases come out. Where the other, like the, I have the Radian arms on my AR and my 300 Blackout, and it has more of vent tubes up at the front. So it's, diverting the gas into the upper to divert it from going straight back into your face. So you do still get some gas, but it's nowhere near as bad. Um, I think the Warhammer, because I had, I've had those also. And I want to say they just have a bigger handle area. So it's like wider Mm -hmm. and U shaped. So it tries to divert the gas out away from your out away oh, from your is face what it is? okay but to me that that charging handle was just so huge <laughs> it was like this i don't i'm not sure that i like it so right it i mean when i tried to order the the radiant arms they just they were out of stock forever oh, so okay. I, I bought one or two of those war hammers and used them and it was like oh this is okay i just don't like how I just wasn't a big fan of how big it was. So okay. Once I found the other ones back in stock, I ordered them. So okay. That's I mean, that's really the only downfall, and it's not that big a deal. 
Yeah, just depends on your usage. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're mag dumping, sure, yeah, you're gonna get a face full of gas. <laughs> you're gonna eat a lot, but uh, I mean, if you're if you're training scenario, you know, two shots, mm-hmm. you know, you know, double tap, double t- you know, two shots, two shots, it, it'll be fine. So it's not not the end of the world. Like I said, I want to use the term life changing. <laughs> shooting, shooting an ar but that's a little extreme but they're fun you'll uh you'll enjoy that it, it's it's a, it's a new avenue it's a new new route to explore absolutely oh. they're always uh fun so we'll uh we'll move beyond that fun until we have more more hopefully good news let's touch on some feedback from our last episode our conflicted ish we don't know what the hell we're doing <laughs> here's what the experts told us we were doing wrong episode <laughs> a uh stranded in a blizzard hunting trip to alaska <laughs> yeah. yeah in the winter yeah on the discord so one thing i wanted and this could just be a little of nothing for maybe I'm overanalyzing something, but in the, in that episode, we were talking about uh, chimneys and, you know, where placement or anything like that. And uh, Tim sent us a picture of a lodge from the night that was built in the 1920s. They gets used year round, and this was in Juno. Now, first off, it looks cool. It's a log cabin. I like that. But one thing I did notice on that is the chimney looks a lot taller than what you would see around here. I, and you know, it's sample size of one here. This this could be just the lodge, and maybe not the rest of them are like that, but. I did notice that this one looks a lot taller than what you would find, say, around this part of the U.S. And maybe that's by design. Maybe I'm overanalyzing. But like we were talking about, if you're going to end up with feet of snow on the ground and possibly on the roof, it looks like that this chimney was built to kind of kind of be a little taller than possibly the snow that you might get on that one so you know maybe that's just something that was built into it when because they've been dealing with it for a long time yeah i mean i would i would agree with that assessment i would think that that's kind of something they've overcome tribal knowledge kind of thing yeah pretty much well you don't want a six inch chimney when you get three feet of snow you know it's kind of yeah, that's a little over-exaggerated, but... Yeah, but we also had um, some good feedback on ideas for food. Like, just... And we had talked about rice and noodles and stuff like that. Somebody had mentioned protein powder, which I didn't even think of. I mean, yeah, that would be a good thing to have. A lot of time, there's sugar in that. And if you're snowed in, 
you have an abundance of water around you. So as long as you have a shaker bottle or something that can, you know, you can stir that into, then that would, that would work. But we had a large, a lot of information given to us and even some pictures that made me kind of scared and kind of jealous at the same time, I guess would be the best thing from Alex and Alex and hopefully that's that's actually your name that's part of your username on discord but Alex actually lives up there <laughs> so he knows what he's talking about and he's a hunter up there he sent a, some great pictures of just him out there uh with uh what was it a moose and um is that a caribou I believe caribou I believe yeah yeah and kind of validated some of the stuff that was said in the other thing in the other episode that you know knowing the plants and everything that's around there it works to your advantage because he said something that is there's there's a moss that grows underneath that i guess the reindeer like and that's something that you can use if you're in a pinch and that there are spruce tips that you can i'm assuming that you boil and make into a tundra tea a tundra tea and apparently it's 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 a prevalent plant around there but he also gave us the disclaimer to be careful how strong you make because you might hallucinate so that could be a good or a bad thing i guess depending on your your your, your end goal there <laughs> wonder how um, hard it would be for alex to ship us some <laughs> some, some spruce tips <laughs> some spruce tips <laughs> that would be an interesting episode <laughs> and i guess one other thing that he uh he he talked about was the situation with uh your cabins up there and said that it's pretty common that they're already going to have wood there for you and you know maybe some and uh you know satellite satellite phones are a common thing to rent up in that area too so that makes me feel a little bit better if for some reason i end up with the money to go on some alaskan hunting that you know the stuff that we talked about and thought about is up there and we have a listener up there that you know hey we can use him as a guide yeah he said his info's in the uh is it in the info uh, whatever channel that's in the contact safe house so he said his contact info is in the safe house channel oh okay yeah that was that was awesome i mean we asked for feedback and got some got a lot of feedback from you know a few people and mm -hmm. some really good feedback from somebody that lives up there so that's awesome thanks yeah. thanks a lot yeah we appreciate that alex thanks a lot and same goes for anybody else we're talking about something and i mean obviously on that we we never experienced it so we didn't know we were just you know relaying what was coming out of an article so we we wanted some some feedback from people that would know better than us so any other time we start talking about something and we say, hey, we don't we don't quite know. If you know a little better than us, let us know. Send it to us. There's all kinds of ways to get get it to us. And 
we'll we'll relate to everybody else that's that's the whole point of this we're we're sharing information and we just want everybody to have a better idea so moving on i didn't tell you about this so this is going to be a shocker to you whoa so i just wanted to do this as a little bit of an of a i guess an experiment here since i'm doing it i'm doing it to your last minute and Uh-oh. and it's, and it's also kind of uh even as something that I thought about, just kind of a, a sign of how things are right now. So SHOT Show was in the middle of January. Can you tell me of anything that, and I know we've both looked at stuff. We, we were, you know, we, we watch other uh, outlets. Uh, we read other things. And, you know, it, it's pretty common you get stuff from other companies. Oh, we're at Shot Show. This is what you know what we do, what we have. Did anything now that we're into March, month and a half away? Did anything jump out? Is there anything that stuck with you since that Shot Show that you that at this point that you're excited about, or just kind of made you want? Oh, that's pretty cool. The forced reset trigger for the Glock. Forced reset trigger. What is that? The like the um, like the rare breed trigger, not automatic trigger. Okay. So there's a there's a trigger for the AR called the rare breed trigger mm-hmm. that you know obviously the ATF is trying to make illegal. No, they wouldn't do that. I mean, you know, because it's not an automatic trigger and it's not anything illegal, so they should make it illegal. Yeah, well, it might be in their vague wording, but never mind. <laughs> but it's it's a it's a forced reset to where if you're squeezing the trigger, it pushes back, and there is another trigger pull that you're not like. Oh, okay. Have to it's it's a forced reset right okay so they're supposedly coming out with one for the glock ah but i think it's like you have to buy the upper slide and the trigger oh. drop in trigger package okay. for the glock so i mean you're going to have your grip and your barrel and your spring from your original Glock. So you're okay. almost buying a whole new handgun right. from what, from what I understand, but it's a pretty cool concept. I'm interested to see how it goes and how it works. Right. That's one that stuck with me. I didn't see a whole lot. I know, you know, we had talked about doing a show on it, but I didn't see a ton of stuff to me that felt innovative. Right. Yeah. I liked the, I thought it was, kind of cool but i'm not sold on the the four wide ar mag lower did you you remember seeing that i i think i did see that yeah it's the what was it was it once it was more than 60 rounds i believe but it was the quad quad stacked lower that okay. com- came with like an insert or you could buy an insert to run like the regular regular p mags oh, okay seemed pretty cool but on the other hand was like i mean if you're training or if you're 
bugging out who wants to carry that four wide whatever it is 100 round magazine so what you're talking about is the quattro the quattro the quattro 15 yeah yeah i mean it's innovative it's something different something new right and it looks interesting because up to this point all we've had is that there's i don't know forgive me i don't know the company but that mag that's wide but then it bottlenecks yeah it goes into one feed ramp right it feeds into a regular ar lower whereas this one is an ar lower where the 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 mag where your mag goes is actually wider because this mag is that much wider it doesn't bottleneck like the other like the one we know up to this point and i think that is the 60 round p mag so it, it feeds into one single stack into mm-hmm. the AR right. and then it widens out. It seemed it seemed like a new it's well it seemed it was a new a concept a new idea. What they say they said something like the magazine was like seventy bucks or yep. something I, like that. I am looking at an article that says the lower itself. The, the the lower stripped is three hundred dollars, and the mags are seventy five each. Yeah, and it's what does it hold? Fifty three, fifty three rounds. So for for seventy five dollars, it's fifty three rounds. Yeah, but for seventy five dollars, you could buy nine, eight, nine P mags. We'll just say eight. That holds 30 rounds. So you could buy eight P mags that hold mm-hmm. 240 rounds. Well, here, here's here's the other thing though. If you have a regular AR and I have so let's say I buy two P mags, we'll say at most $15 a piece for each mag there. So $30. How much is a coupler? Oh, that goes in that thing? Yeah, I, a coupler I have to, no idea. like that puts those together. You know, you can go to Magpole and get uh, a magazine coupler that will hold two mags together obviously only one's going in the lower but you have 60 rounds right there at your disposal you're just going to have to do a mag change and it's probably going to end up mag link coupler is about we'll just we'll round it up 20 dollars. 20 dollars. so so for 20 plus 30 for two mags you're at 50 dollars $50 and you have 60 rounds. So you're already at more ammo capacity than, than this thing. And you don't have to buy a $300 lower. That's right. going to, that's going to facilitate it. That's going to be a hard sell point for, for them. You know, it's it, interesting. It's cool, but. Let's put this in like weird worst case scenario. <laughs> I got one of those quattros. Okay. And two magazines, right? Yeah. And we're bugging out. And you've got your AR with your your P mag coupled with another P mag in your AR. Mm-hmm. And you're wearing a plate carrier with we'll just say six mags, right? Mm-hmm. right. And we get in a gunfight. And I run through my two mags a hundred rounds. And I go, mm-hmm. hey man throw me a mag <laughs> now i gotta offload your mag and reload it into my yeah. mag. 
so i'm not sold it's a cool like i said it's a cool concept that i think you asked if something stuck out it stuck out yeah the other thing is what 350 bucks for a strip lower yeah not worth it to me the way i can see that being a being maybe the start of something is if this somehow works in a larger i don't know like a drum mag or something where the capacity is increased in that way that would take advantage of that lower but i don't know i don't know if that's possible i mean we have drum mags that hold how many rounds that you can just pop into a regular ar lower so i mean i don't know if I mean, they have, I have a hundred round drum mag. For right. AR. So I don't know if that's going to be able to, to, you know, be an advantage to anybody really. It's cool that they tried it. And, you know, it's just one of those things like I just, you had me until you had the price to lower. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, like you, like you said, I mean, you, you could buy the, the 60 round P bag. I don't know how much that is. It's they're probably fairly pricey you know that's you could buy a coupler if you really wanted to go that route i i don't know there's just if it was like a if it was if they were priced if the lower was priced kind of like a regular strip lower is now mm-hmm. 75 bucks you know or something right and the mag was 40 then it'd be cool i'm gonna right. get, i'm gonna get one to have one yeah but for 300 i mean you're talking you're talking 425 for the lower stripped and a mag yeah yeah one mag and you're looking at 135 dollars straight from magpul for that 60 round drum mag i mean that's that's pretty pricey but yeah i don't know it's just not it's not worth it it's cool neat innovative different i mean i haven't seen one of those done like that before yeah it's, it's it's cool to see new things but just sometimes it doesn't hit the mark i guess right <laughs> the practicality right so i also uh looked up the uh glock reset trigger mm-hmm. it says reset trigger only is like 200 to 350 bucks Oof. and that's just for the trigger that's you know, just the- for the trigger and it looks like it comes with the trigger and firing pin, maybe. Oh, okay. Was there anything out of all that? Was there anything else that jumped out at you? There was there was a there was a gun, and I can't remember what it was that they were they were all raving about on classic firearms. And I don't remember what it was. Okay. So obviously it's not stuck in my head. Right. <laughs> how about how about for you? So the only thing don't ask me why i just think it's cool it's not a a need i'm probably never gonna own one like i said the thing that sticks out to me not a need it's a want probably never own one i just think it's really cool and i think they've talked about it at previous shot shows and i think it was just a matter of finding another company that would help out with the production of it is the FDP nine or FDC nine, which is a, I guess you would call it a collaboration between Zev 
and Magpul. So what it is, is so the reason there's an FDP-9 and an FDC-9 is because the it's a pistol. You can buy the pistol just like a regular pistol. It's going to look a little weird. It's going to have some extra stuff on it that you're probably not going to, it's not going to make a whole lot of sense. But the other part of it is you can buy this shell, I guess would be the best way to put it, that when folded up, it looks like a little, not a briefcase, I guess a very small briefcase with a handle and it opens up, like the bottom part swings out and opens up into a shoulder stock for this pistol and it locks and then you have this this transformer uh pistol i guess and obviously that ends up being you know you're gonna have to have a tax stamp and all kinds of other bs for it i remember that one now and the thing that stood out on that for me was that it has a magazine now right that one had a magazine where the other like one that was like the size of a cell phone was only a two shot. Remember they had one that's a, that's a folder that you could put in your pocket. Um, yeah. There's had there, the two barrels. Yeah. There's a little, there's, so there's some smaller versions. Uh, I think one was like a 22 where it's about wallet size that opens up and it looks like a weird L shape. Right. And it has a trigger. Um, there was another one. I can't remember the company where if you just imagine, just say like a Glock, Glock 17, a normal full-size pistol and the handle itself would have, I think it had the magazine in it, but the handle would had a hinge at the front towards the trigger. And the whole part of that handle would fold up along the bottom side of the barrel and, and it, made it, made it, it more compact. Yeah, and didn't have like a trigger guard. So like when it, it, it all unfolded, it, there was like yeah, no trigger guard it, or something. It didn't have one, or I think it had like I think the trigger was more square and it had a hinge in it. So when it folded, it folded up towards you know underneath the barrel. Whereas this one is, I mean, it's almost. I mean, I'm looking. I'm looking at the picture that Magpul has on their on their page, and it kind of. It kind of reminds me of you, the you know the the Ronies, you know, which is a yeah. whole a whole system for you to be able to short. You know, it's a arm brace, but it's all one big piece, and then you slide the the low, or you actually slide the whole pistol up into the bottom of it, and then it works. Yeah, it, it kind of looks like a, a smaller, more refined version of that, where it looks like you have. You know, if they're selling the pistol part separate from the rest of the folding stuff, you're going to end up with this weird, like A2 style, you know, A2, you know, your AR A2 style kind of weird handle on the top of it. But the the buttstock part of it is what swings underneath and folds into it. And it creates, uh, but it's just one of those things where, like I said, it's probably not anything I'm ever going to spend my money on because it's zev and who knows how much the damn thing's gonna cost and then you're gonna have to pay 200 dollars for a tax stamp to you know because it's meant to be shouldered you know it's not an arm brace so maybe if i hit the lottery someday it'll be something i just get just to it's one of those you know you pull it out and show it off and hey isn't this cool but it's not practical you're not gonna be taking it anywhere 
you know, nobody's going to look at that and think Maybe it has a handle on it. You could <laughs> maybe, maybe if I handcuff, put a, a handcuff on my wrist and then on that people will think I'm somebody important. I'm carrying something really valuable around, but that'd be fancy. Yeah. Be, be real fancy about it. Then I don't have to worry about retention. <laughs> I mean, you're just kind of locked, locked in with it, right? Yeah. I mean, it looks really nice when it's all folded up, but maybe as a gun, a car gun. I mean, that's about the only other thing I can think of that might make it practical is if you used it for that. So. Yeah, but it's just yeah. I mean, like you said, it's not it's not very forthcoming to go and buy that because there's yeah. no there's no practicality on something like that. I guess there's another version here. I'm kind of off to look into this more that has, if you want a little charging handle down the side of it, apparently it has that too, but there's a version here that doesn't even have the buttstock on it. It's just like an, an AR where you don't have the buttstock, you have the tube kind of deal. It's kind of like that. And then on the back part, on the back of that, we'll call it the, the rectangular tube there, it has a, a swivel for like a strap the uh like uzis yeah. you know how you had a certain length of you know a harness that was set up so that where you you were using the resistance of the strap as you were pushing against it to try and keep it even that's kind of what it looks like they're going for there so if we put that new trigger inside of that <laughs> we could be close to having an uzi without an uzi price uh, you, right <laughs> sure that is awesome no i i did uh i did look up uh shot show new guns mm-hmm. because i thought there was a pistol too and there is one it's the american tactical fxh 45 it is a it's a 1911 45 that looks pretty nice I mean, wait 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 at 1911 and 45, you mean there's something else than a 1911 that's in 45? No, I mean, well, <laughs> I mean, you can get a 2011, you know, double stack in nine millimeter. But no, this is, and I don't remember if I saw anybody cover this. But yeah, I just looked up, you know, new new handguns because I, I thought the rifle that I was that I was trying to remember was new, but I guess it's not because it's not on here. There's a Cabot, Cabot Guns. It looks pretty cool. Okay. That's also, <clears throat> also a 1911. Okay. Oh, there was a, um, who, who was it? You may have seen this, that did a 1911 that has more of a modern takedown style. You know how like on, on your sig when you lock the slide back that that piece just kind of turns down oh okay and then yeah. the slide slides off right but you know like on 1911s when you lock the slide back you have to pull the that slide catch mm-hmm. usually all the way out to take the slide off but i think it there was one that they have a more modern takedown style where okay. that where that just kind of rolls down like the sig Okay. And it I, don't think off. I, I don't think i saw that yeah, that would be that would be much easier i mean yeah so taking a tool out and twisting the front piece off and all yeah because that. that's always so, a pain in the butt i guess so the real question is is 
SHOT Show becoming obsolete or is it just trying to recover from COVID? <laughs> uh, I mean, I heard that like a lot of the kind of the bigger companies like canceled their booth. Mm-hmm. So I think it was smaller. I think there was COVID issues, you know, because obviously what the two years before that it was canceled. I believe so. Yeah. So 2020, 2021, it was canceled. Um, I don't, I don't know how relevant it is anymore. I mean, if you, if you remember, you know, you're, you're a gamer too. There used to be an E3 show where all the new video games and consoles and all that stuff right happened. And then, you know, probably five or six years ago, you had like Microsoft having a Microsoft day, like two days before E3 mm-hmm. and dumping all their stuff there. So it was like, oh, we're the first to market. Right. And then, you know, the next year, Sony did theirs five days before. And, you know, you had all these, had all this stuff happening to where it was like, well, now the E3 weekend is kind of boring because everybody dumps their stuff right before it. Right. And then I think this year or maybe last year, they just canceled it and it was done. So I don't know if that's kind of what's happening with like say shot show that people are going like, Hey, we don't, we don't need to spend, you know, a million dollars on a booth mm-hmm. to release our stuff. Now that there's gun tubers on YouTube and, and all these people that they can say, Hey, well, we'll send our, we'll send our new products to you the gun tuber and you're going to do a video review on it but you can't release it until this date right and then they say hey we got a new gun and then the next day you got like four or five gun tubers dropping video reviews on it you know what i mean so yeah i don't know if it's worth the time and effort to go to shot show for a company to spend you know a million dollars on a booth and send them five or 10 employees out there and a whole lot of pro you know it just doesn't mm-hmm. if they're canceling these shows or their booths when they haven't had a show in a couple of years it just seems really weird to me that that this doesn't go away in the next couple of years yeah you know to where it's just kind of like well it's cool because you get to go and shoot the new products but you I, know I, it, I, it'd be cheaper if they just sent a handful of these out to the people you know, that's going to talk about them and do videos on them and stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's kind of in limbo right now. Cause like you were saying, so they always have range day, which is where they invite the influencers to come and try out whatever guns they can record. They can make their content or whatever. Then like you said, you know, if you're for whatever, lack of a better term, sponsoring them, okay you record the stuff but you guys you can't release this until you know we let you know hey we're getting ready to go to let go of it and then all you guys can release your reviews or whatever i mean i guess it would just depend on how much how many people are you having you know is it cheaper to just go ahead and do your normal stuff at shot show and then let them come to you and record it versus the hassle of sending stuff to an fl send it to them having to keep track of it, make sure they send it back to you, you know, or if you're letting them keep it or whatever the deal is on that. I guess the the thing I've always heard about Shaw Show is, I mean, it's as much about the product as it is about 
the networking between the companies. You know, you can go online, you know, like they've been doing and, you know, do an online reveal or do, you know, some kind of presentation or whatever, but you're also limiting. I mean, when I think about it, you know, I would think the kind of people that are in that kind of industry, I want to meet face to face with somebody. You know, I want to shake their hand. I want to talk to them face to face. I want to, you know, I'm, I'm, it drives my wife nuts whenever it comes to that kind of stuff. Um, when I go to certain places, where I was like, no, I'm going to go inside. I don't want to wait. I don't want to talk to somebody on the phone. I'm just going to go in and I'm just going to deal with an actual person, <laughs> you know? Right. And I mean, that's, you know, networking in person is always better than in LinkedIn, right? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's it, and like the industry that I work in, non-destructive testing, they also have a conference every year. Right. You know, so that's, you get to go see new products, but the main thing is, you know, networking with the people that work and deal with those products, you mm-hmm. know, because if you're going to, if you're going to buy something like that and something happens, it'd be nice to call Jimmy on the phone and be like, Hey man, you know, I met you at the conference and mm-hmm. I got an issue with this product that I talked to you about out there. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you already have a name that you're calling, you're not just on hold for customer service or whatever, right? So <laughs> you can call the company and you can ask for Jimmy, you know, and it's like, hey, hey, man, you know, I talked to you at SHOT Show or I talked to you at this conference and I bought this product and I remember you showed me this and that and said, don't do that and this because this could happen. Well, I did it and how do I fix it? Or You know what I mean? Uh-huh. So the, the whole networking of being able to call somebody up or um talking to somebody about their product or or all that sort of stuff you know this is a lot better than than doing it on youtube but Mm -hmm. you know my thought on the thing is 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 if you're like you said you'd have to track it and everything but if you if you came out with a brand new gun that's a thousand dollars and you send 25 of those out to youtube that's twenty five thousand dollars you get 25 people reviewing it or say Say you get 15 of them and 10 of them are like, dude, this is junk. I'm not doing a video. So you get 15 people that does it. I mean, that's got to be way cheaper than having even a small booth and sending three or four employees out there to shot show for, right. for four days or five days, you know, however mm-hmm. long it is. You're, you're paying these guys their salary, their per diem, travel, plane tickets, mm-hmm. however much that booth costs. I couldn't imagine, even if they gave those guns away, and said, hey, you know, review it and keep it. You mm-hmm. know, that cost is not, I don't know, just bang yeah. for the buck wise. Right. You know, just because say I go to SHOT Show and I put my hands on one of these guns, whether I shoot it or not, you know, I'm probably, st- if it's a brand new product, I'm probably still going to watch some review shows on it anyway. Yeah. And be like, hey, I liked it. I thought it was cool, but I watched, you know, five GunTuber reviews on it and four of them said it was junk right and you know their points were valid so i don't know that i want to go spend my own money on mm-hmm. on buying that so right i i don't know i kind of see if we get back to a full normal year next year and people don't cancel their booths and everybody shows up and it's back to a ton of people being there then then maybe it stays or gets back to where it was a couple of years right. ago, but I don't know. I think the way we're going society wise, you know, that, that face-to-face networking 
this I feel like it's kind of going away a little bit. Right. So well here here's so from my understanding with that, I guess a lot there was a lot of booths this year that were empty because they have a seniority system. I guess it's like I don't know, I guess it's like a point system or something like that that determines where your booth ends up. And I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, it's the show is so big that you need to be able to like have a few days just to be able to get around to all the booths. So I almost wonder, and I wouldn't be surprised to see that maybe like you were talking about, what is this? A PAX, I believe going back to gaming, they have an East coast, they have a West coast, they have different regions, you know, much like, I mean, you know, shot show isn't the only, only one. I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe shot show scaled down a little bit to maybe they do more than just one per year. Maybe do do it uh, multiples in regions, just like, you know, I mean, you have the NRA, you have other organizations that do stuff like that. They're just not as big as shot, but maybe, break it down and maybe do other ones in different regions where maybe it's a little less cost prohibitive for, you know, the influencers or other companies to come out. Maybe you don't need it, you know, Hey, this one's on the East coast. The local companies are probably going to be more, more apt to come out to it. It's going to be cheaper for them. You might isolate a little bit, but it'll be easier for the smaller companies to come in network versus once a year, everybody's got to try and fight tooth and nail to try to come out to, to Vegas and get a booth into, you know, the one convention a year that everybody goes to. I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see it, it, it change in some form or fashion, but that's it, also putting faith into, you know, sometimes a, a group that's a little hesitant to, to adapt <laughs> to the times, you know, Right. What I like, and I've seen this, <clears throat> this has happened a couple times at my local ammo place that I get my stuff. Mm -hmm. They have like manufacturer's day where okay. like a SIG rep shows up and they, you know, talk about their new guns or whatever. Mm -hmm. They had um, facts and firearms ship day on a Saturday and they gave away stuff and they had a food truck and, all this other stuff. And it, I mean, Faxon's local, so you can go see them and whatever, but you know, these bigger, it, you know, it was aim surplus, you know, the bigger gun store, so to speak, mm -hmm. doing stuff like that to where it's more like you said, maybe not regional where you're going to have thousands of people show up, but have stuff like that. That's more, more regional. Cause it'd be hard to, if you're really releasing new stuff, you'd kind of have to have East Coast, West Coast, and Midwest all at the same time. Yeah. And then you're kind of running a little thin, right? So if you have... Well, you could stagger them. So that way, people that do have the means to make it to the different ones, you can make it to the different... I mean, that'd be, that'd be great, but I couldn't imagine them releasing new stuff there, if you follow what I'm saying. Yeah. So if, if you yeah. have, like, say, the the west coast one first then everybody out here is going to be like oh we got to go there because they're releasing the new guns right 
and then yeah. you know it'd be two months old by the time it got here or and then you know two months after that before they got to the east coast so right well the only, i think the only people that that would really affect would be the bigger companies the bigger companies would have the means to make it to maybe more of those and i i see what you're saying by like having you know the time between each convention you know i mean they're going to do whatever they want to do anyways they have the money to do it you know like a like a sig or a glock you know they may or may not and like you're saying before half the time they're releasing stuff before they even go to the convention that's just the hands-on time yeah but you know what i what i'm thinking though is more of if you got to see it first then like by the time they get to that third show nobody's going to be going unless it's people right in that local area you yeah know, like yeah that's what i was thinking is it's going to be more it'd be more beneficial to local companies but if it's in you know if they have the midwest one in indy and it's kind of like like how shot show was that there wasn't a whole lot standing out in my mind. Why am I going to drive an hour, hour and a half to go to Indy? If it's like, well, I saw all that stuff two months ago on YouTube and right. I wasn't impressed by much of it. So I don't need to well, go over there and spend a hundred dollars getting in the door and touch it. Well, that's, that's going to require them to figure out a new, a new, a new way of, of attendance because isn't a shot show invite only anyways, mostly. I guess I should say mostly. I don't think it is completely, but mostly is an invite. I mean, yeah, I think if you're at like if you run like a retail gun store, you can probably buy tickets, right? right? Yeah, but it's like it's like the car show. It's like SEMA. I mean, everybody wants to go to SEMA because you can't go, <laughs> right? <laughs> right. <you know? laughs> so one that know, we, thing you can't have, yeah. Yeah, and we did the same thing, you know. When we were when I when I was a crew chief for a buddy of mine doing drag racing, we went to the the PRI show that was in India every year. We had to be affiliated with somebody, so our oh. engine sponsor that put our car in their booth is the one that got us our passes. Right, right. So we we showed up and didn't have to pay anything. But as a racer, you know, Bracket Bob that lived next door that just did bracket racing didn't have any sponsors. He wasn't going. Okay. And it was like, you know, he had to, he had to buddy up with you and be like, Hey man, let me buy your ticket for a hundred bucks. Yeah. It's like, well, let me talk to my sponsors and put your name in. Cause you have to go and show an ID to get your badge. Cause it had your name on it. To get oh, in the door. Okay. So, you know, that was kind of an invite only kind of thing too, but. Well, I guess, I guess that brings up another question. Would that help not as exclusive as shot show, but not as open to the public as say a local gun and knife show or you know whatever that sounds like those are hit and miss anymore right now especially with prices so is that the answer to get a happy medium between those i don't know know. i I don't know i mean because you have (laughs) like you said it's so big that you know it takes four or five days to get through it Mm -hmm. as it is if they open it up and say it's a $250 ticket, you're still going to like double the amount of people that's going. Right. And then it's like, now you're elbow to elbow, squeezing in, trying to see the stuff. And then after like the second year doing that, it's like, screw it, man. I don't want to go anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's just too busy. And you spend four days there and saw half of it because there's just too many people there. Right. And you couldn't talk and do the networking anymore. So I think you kind of dilute it to a point if you open it up anymore 
than what it already is. I don't know how you bring more people in other than I do like the range day videos because then you have the people shooting the gun and kind of, you know, videoing it and then talking about it. Right. Um, which is kind of cool. So I don't know. I don't know how you get around it. It'd be neat to have something that's local and maybe maybe stuff like like you said, your local gun and knife show needs to get more manufacturers involved and promote it better. Yeah. And say, hey, you know, there's because we have one that's local and they usually do it um, like two weekends in a row down towards Cincinnati. And then the next two weekends, it's up towards Dayton, which Cincinnati and Dayton's about an hour and a half apart or so. Okay. Um, so the two shows are, are an hour, maybe a little longer apart from each other. But I mean, it's like, well, I missed it this weekend that was 20 minutes from my house and I really want to go next weekend. So I'll just drive, you know, the 45 minutes or an hour up the road to go to the same, same show that generally has the same people there. But, you know, if they brought somebody in like, Hey, we're going to invite SIG or Smith and Wesson, you mm-hmm. know, right. somebody big that's going to show up and, and sell stuff or have a manufacturer there because i mean you don't i don't know it's just kind of it's kind of weird there's a lot of people that go to those shows to to sell their own stuff you know to kind of hawk and trade their own stuff and yeah i've gone a couple times and i think you know i bought a couple glock mags one time and nothing the second time and i'm like i don't I didn't even get my money's worth. Yeah, not, not worth the cover. The yeah, because yeah. you know the ammo wasn't even that cheap, and I'm like, man, I can get ammo cheaper at my local gun store, you know. So it's right. like this just didn't. It just wasn't worth it to me. So. Well, I don't know. This is the 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 listener interaction. There's got. I'm sure some of some people have been to shot. Um. I know there's some people in the group that, you know, probably FFLs or, you know, I've been involved in the, the, the sales side there. Let us, let, let us know what you, what you think, what, or just anybody in general, what would, what would you like to see, you know, getting to revitalize shot or some version of it. It's, you know, we're getting to that point now where I think we're, we're getting into a little bit of that, I don't want to call it a slump, but I think things are kind of even and back out. Uh, sales are getting back down to where they were. I mean, last year was a crazy year for um, the background checks and all that. And it kind of tapered off kind of towards the end there. And we're seeing that again already this year, whether that's fatigue or, you know, this inflation or <laughs> whatever it is well on that note because i think you know you're right the the numbers have been dropping back off i think there's something going on right now that's going to make the numbers jump up a little bit <laughs> what do you mean segway <laughs> segway <laughs> well if you're not if you're not living under a rock 
we could have possibly had the start to a major conflict. A major conflict. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> so I have a feeling that, you know, people may get nervous again and say, hey, the big bad Russians are invading people. So <laughs> I got to go buy my gun that I put off all of the COVID 15 days to flatten the curve and didn't buy my gun in the last two years. <laughs> right so i don't know i i think there may be a couple another you think there's gonna be another spike i think maybe a month or two um here's what i don't like that's on the horizon <laughs> we already talked about this um before in an episode about the russian ammo ban yeah is it gonna happen sooner Uh, are we gonna lose uh wolf and red army ammo really soon we're gonna stop the import of russian ammo altogether now instead of at the end of the year is it gonna happen like now it's not cheap i mean yeah because ammo um i just saw some steel case nine millimeter for about 34 cents around the cheapest I've been seeing is thirty cents. Yeah, if you're lucky, twenty nine cents. But the the yeah. cheapest I've been seeing, uh, the cheapest I've seen is thirty cents around. Yeah, I saw thirty four in an ad today. Now I didn't I didn't look around to see if I could see it any cheaper. It was just kind of one that I popped on open in my email because it yeah. said Russian ammo is here, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. Let's get it before we dump cheap. it out like all the vodka it said yeah it said get it before it's gone um kind of thing and i was like oh maybe it's cheap and uh, it's 34 cents for nine millimeter and i'm like yeah no i got i got enough <laughs> not to spend 34 <laughs> cents but are we gonna lose that are we gonna have another run on ammo and guns right now because of this conflict this russian invasion on in ukraine yeah i don't know that's i guess i never really thought of that i didn't even think of i guess having already dealt with the 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 bad russian ammo thing which was probably just more of a ammo bad situation but now they have oh no russian it says russian on it so i mean i do know you know we we we've uh talked about you know american companies um manufacturing 762 ammo so that can't come online fast enough. Yeah. To, and there's other companies springing up, doing primers and everything else. Like there's other American companies that are trying to bring bring it back to the US, but I And I know. think yeah, I think we'll be good in the long run, but you know, this conflict isn't helping anything in the short term. Yeah. I mean, we have our own damn oil, but we can't even use that. So <laughs> man don't get me started on it i'm i'm and for our listeners we are recording this on the state of the union night so oh i didn't even think of that biden just started his speech a couple minutes ago or he's probably walking in yes they just Um, woke him up they just woke him up hey sleepy it's time to go on stage they just put a needle in them and put them pumped them full whatever he needs to be coherent for the next 20 minutes here's your a veteran shot to uh keep your eyeballs open 
I, you know, I don't, I don't want to turn this into a bitch session, but you know, we've talked about sanctions on Russia and vodka and whatnot, which is fine. I, I don't have a problem with that. But you know, I was, I was talking, I was talking to Katrina last night about, you know, I think the number that I saw was five hundred and ninety ish thousand barrels of oil that we buy from Russia a day. Mm-hmm. You know, a barrel of oil is what a hundred bucks. Yeah. What if we stopped? Yeah. That's a lot well, more than the vodka we just well, selling, right? You, you can't do it. I think I just saw something about this. Oh, but they're so worried about the green, the green jobs and all that. But well, but, I mean, can't we I know it it would hurt everybody else. Okay, let's we can't just, you know, open the valve on our oil, right? It mm-hmm. it's going to take some time to to restart our stuff, you know, a month or two. But couldn't we supplement that from like the Saudis or somebody else? Probably. I I just I I just don't get it. I mean, sanction this and and uh lock down their banks so they don't have the money. Well, we're just still sending money over there mm-hmm. in yeah. in the way of oil production. You know, okay, we're putting it in their banks that they can't get to, mm-hmm. but we're still sending them money. Because we're still buying their oil, and yeah. and to me that'd be the biggest thing. Just shut it off, shut it off from us anyway. I mean, I, I I know you know everybody else in Europe or Eastern Europe is really dependent on Russian oil, but we have means to eventually make it here ourselves. Yeah, we can shut it off, start our production up, and call up our our friends in in Saudi and. Abu Dhabi down there, you know, places and be like, Hey, we, we're going to need some oil. Yeah. A lot of it, it, you know, it sucks because I filled up my tank, my 35 gallon tank truck. Jeez. And I spent $97 today Oof. filling up, which is actually cheaper than last week when I spent $99 and 50 cents. Oh, <laughs> so i'm not gonna run out and buy an electric because then i'll be paying that much yeah plugging a tesla in but you know i don't know i might have to get me a civic or something to drive back and forth to work (laughs) hundred dollars a week in gas is a a little brutal yeah it is so Aside from trying to solve the world's problems, how much of what you're hearing about anything that's going on are you are you believing about all this? Like, I'm still having a hard time anytime I hear anything from the news going, yeah, is that really what's happening? Like, how much spin is being put? on all this i i guess i mean i'm i guess i'm just a little especially when it comes from tv or whatever i guess i'm just at this point i'm so fucking cynical (laughs) about everything that (laughs) i just kind of look at and go okay is that really what's going on are you guys just spinning it to make it sound however you're leaning yeah i mean i try not to I don't want to read into the opinion of Fox news or CNN or whoever's on the news. Right. Um, 
but it's so hard to find somebody that's actually just down the middle re- reporting it and not putting putting any kind of a you know emotional or biased spin on it yeah i to me it's more of the the reports of where they're at you know the 40 mile convoy headed to what city you know mm-hmm. where are they bombing where are they coming in at um i'm really impressed with the ukrainian president yes yeah (laughs) that's leadership right there very very much so and basically i mean what he told his people was it yesterday that hey i'm gonna go to the negotiation table with russia and i might not come back they may kill me (laughs) yeah and but i gotta go try i'm impressed by that i just really you know i'm not nervous that something's gonna happen here I just have a feeling that we could be getting led into something that's bigger. Yeah. And I know that I know like China has kind of slapped Russia on the hand and been like, Oh, we're, we're going to block some of your money in too. And it's like, uh-huh. <laughs> sure is, you are. is this a play? Are they waiting for whatever is going on with Putin? because i have a feeling he is gonna not stop right yeah is he gonna drop a missile in the wrong country and miss and turn this into something bigger and now we're gonna send stuff over and Mm -hmm. everybody's gonna jump on here and china's gonna go like okay everybody's distracted we're heading to taiwan yeah and you know that's what makes me nervous because i you know, I don't, I don't want to read into this whole thing, but something like, and I have heard this on the news, it's like something snapped in Putin. <laughs> yeah, I've wondered that myself, too. But he's, know, he, he's tried this before, too. I mean, like, he's constantly always just pushing pushing it, He, you know? Yeah, I mean, he's tried it before, but, you know, Putin's always said he's wanted to get Russia back to the USSR superpower. Right and you know before he died kind of thing okay so i have this this just weird gut feeling that maybe he knows something that the rest of the world doesn't know maybe some doctor told him hey dude you got like six months right and he's like oh i i gotta you know do what i said i'm gonna do and yeah you know rebuild the ussr and you know i i don't know this just feels weird weird to me is it because Trump's not the president and we got Sleepy Joe and and he knows that we're not he's he's not gonna do anything or I, I don't know. It's just something yeah. about this me to me feels like it's one piece of the puzzle that's all the pieces haven't been dumped out of the box yet. Well, yeah, I mean you've got I mean, you have Putin who's former KGB and it's kind of you know that him china all those they're playing a long game they don't rotate leaders every four years four to eight years like we do so their mapping of their timeline is different than what ours is and yeah it just makes me skeptical and then like like i was saying like just the way it's hard because the way everything gets reported quote unquote reported you know i mean the first few days they're getting you know you ukraine was getting bombed 
well, you turn on the news, what's it say? They're being invaded. I think my definition of being invaded is different than what the news is, you know? Correct. You're being bombed. I don't quite, I don't quite consider that being invaded. You might be attacked, but you're not being invaded. Well, but, when, when did he take over Crimea? Was that 08? Was it that long ago? Because he's gone a couple times, right? And right. I think like 2014, they did some fighting on the border or something. Because there's been a couple of, like you said, how the news call it, invasions. Yeah. But the last time that they took over land was Crimea, I believe. 2014. 2014. Yeah. But, yeah, it's just... And then you keep hearing... And I, I guess I can't completely blame this on just American news, but Snake Island. I think a lot of people have heard have heard that story. Uh, Russian warship comes up to this island. I guess there's only what about 13 or so soldier Ukrainian soldiers on there, yeah. and it roughly translates to they say. Uh, we're, we're a Russian warship, you know, surrender. And the Ukrainian says, Russian warship, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Well, it was originally reported they're all dead. And then three days later, yeah, oh, they're no, all they're, alive. <laughs> they're not dead. They just, they were just taken captive. Well, well what is it? I mean, I mean, you, you had this awesome story. <laughs> you know, it was very, very Thermopylae 300. You know, everybody loves that kind of story. And this is Snake Island. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but there's only 13 and not 300. Right. But now they're, but now they're, oh, now they're just taken captive. Okay. Well, what is it? Who, where's the misinformation coming from? You right. know, you know, and I guess I guess the only thing I have right now is the the ghost of Kiev. I hope that's real. It's probably been it's probably been disproven at this point. But is man, it? But it's I a mean, great story. It, it is. I mean, and you know, and sometimes that's what you need in in a conflict like that. You you know, and I mean, if it's if it's coming, if it's being made up, I hope it's coming from there, not coming from us. Right. because you know sometimes you need that little bit you know you need that lie that morale boost for right. people you know that helps get them through you know it's because it's you know this is this is not a good time for the people of ukraine you know maybe maybe that is something that somebody was like you know this is really going to help our people's pride this is going to help them fight we've got people here that are not fighters and they decided they're going to stay here they're going to help they're going to fight we need to keep their their we need to bolster the morale a little bit you know maybe i hope that's what i hope it's true i really want it to be true but you know right, right. like i said i'm so skeptical anymore of anything that anybody says about any of that and you, you know you may never know we may never know it might be till afterwards you know hopefully this ends sometime soon and you know the real the real stories can be, can get out there now the one thing that i'm a little surprised about is that ukraine has held on this long because you think of russia and i i get it since the cold war they're not as superpower mm -hmm. as they used to be but it's still a big country with a big army. Yeah. 
and I get it. Um, Ukraine is a big, sizable country, you know, the size of Texas or bigger. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to take like one night of fighting for Russia to wipe over Ukraine. Right. But, uh, you know, they got a 40 mile convoy and still haven't like made it to the capital yet. And to me, that's a little surprising. It's like, well, this is big, bad Russia, you know? Yeah. Like they would just be laying waste and just rolling through. And, and then you hear the reports and it's like, oh, you, you know, there's a lot more dead Russians than there is, you know, Ukrainians kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and like you said, is that believable? I don't know. But the, the on the ground reporting, they're not to Kiev yet. And it's like, what's taking so long? Yeah. Are they walking there? I mean, yeah. And that's, that's the weird thing. Like I've seen people that I follow that are kind of in that, that sphere of news, you know, they're, they, they're connected to other people from other countries. It's not mainstream. It's, you know, the people actually go out, you know, to use that tired, tired and overused saying boots on the ground people. And I'm seeing videos of you know oh hey they're they're capturing these russians and here's the gear that they had and it's like very minimal you know rifle a few a few mags you know no modern equipment no crazy electronics you know no night vision or anything like that you know they're not like you would expect you know say it was an american you know so is it you know, you kind of wonder, is it, he's just, are, are they just pushing through hoping that there it's just kind of more, it's a combination of physical force and psychological, or is there really something there that they don't, they don't have it, have it to back up what they're pushing through into Ukraine, but you're, you're not going to get a straight story right now, unfortunately. Right. You know, that's that's disappointing to me because I just I just want to hear I don't want to hear the opinions. I just want to hear, mm-hmm. you know, what's going on. Um, but I, yeah. don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to I don't want to spin it too politically. Yeah, well, um, I, I think I think you touched on a really good thing, though, is and that's probably even more frightening is, is there something that's going on with Putin that he just he's just going all out for a certain reason. Whereas before he was measured, you know, that's, that's more, that's more frightening. If you're going to fight somebody, you you know, it's, it's easier to fight somebody that has a little bit of something to lose than somebody that doesn't have any, you know, somebody that doesn't have anything to lose. Yeah. And that, I mean, you know, he's threatened the nukes with the nukes and, Mm -hmm. you know, supposedly he told France if, if, the west keeps up their sanctions there'll be a real war yeah you know some of the stuff that he's saying it's just like oh my really i mean (laughs) you you really want to go into a real war but to me it feels like well this feels like egging it on yeah it's it's like somebody throwing rocks at your front door to get you on the porch knowing that they've got the whole yeah. place surrounded kind of right. thing like yeah. hey come out and play you know because mm-hmm. you're gonna get beat up you know china's on standby blah blah blah. you know whatever yeah. um but it, it's just weird that the way the whole thing went down of yeah we saw the build-up saw the build-up 
nothing happened during the Olympics. Nothing happened when Trump was in office. They wait until we've drawn out of Afghanistan and we don't have forces close. Yeah. Right. And then it's like all of a sudden, boom, here they go. It's yeah. like, what what is going on? And now it's like now there's a lot of threats and it's like it just feels it just feels off to me. Yeah. So like that, you said, hopefully it ends and they just are like, oh yeah, this is taking longer than we want. Right. We're spending too much money. And maybe the Russian military is like, you know what? Screw this. I don't yeah. want to fight these people. Yeah. Go home. And, yeah. And that's my biggest that's that's the biggest thing I wonder is we're we're seeing the heads of these countries and we're seeing the military force but what is the opinion of the actual russian people i mean like like you just mentioned earlier and let's flip it around this debacle that was the withdrawal from afghanistan people are seeing what's happening they're they're seeing our i don't even want to call him a damn leader our representative unfortunately but how many people here are were completely against it didn't agree with the way it was done or anything that was happening there well i wonder what it's like over there like how many people are really like you know it's bad enough the way that their their government and every, their system over there is, is set up do these people really care about more land because it's probably not going to benefit them anymore they're not benefiting from it it's just all the, all the all the oligarchs all the rich people over there that are benefiting from all this so right. what what is what is what are they feeling over there? Yeah, I don't I, mean, I don't know. You know, as it it'd be interesting to see or hear their take on that. You know, because there was there was some reports early on that that you know that eastern part of Ukraine, the people kind of welcomed it because it's like, well, they still felt like they were Russian. Right. Not Ukrainian. And then you get past that area and it's like, hey, we're Ukrainians. Like, you know, we're going to fight yeah. back. So I don't know if that can go to the table, be like, hey, you know, that part that Putin came out and said, hey, we're acknowledging they're independent. And that's why we're invading because we're going to go in and, and help them be independent of Ukraine. And they just didn't stop there. Right. That was kind of the the reason for rolling air, across the border. Air quotes on independent. Right. <laughs> but you know, if if um Ukrainian's president comes out and says, look, you know, you could take that independent area. They they consider themselves Russian anyway. So, you know, you can you guys can have that. Just leave us alone. Is that gonna end this conflict? Or I mean, obviously Putin wants more because he's heading to the capital and supposedly what i think i heard that they dropped a missile or a bomb on like a preschool or something so it's the it's the classic child's book if you give a mouse a cookie you give him the cookie he's gonna want the glass of milk and then he's gonna want more it's not gonna stop there no it's not gonna stop and i you know i when i heard that there was a school bombed and i heard something that you know now now uh the UN and NATO want to go after Putin for war crimes. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, this happens in war for one, but I really don't want them to use that as an excuse to start a war with Russia. Yeah. 
Well, I think oh, I just... he he bombed a school with with in a preschool. So now we got to send tanks and bomb Moscow and right and, and start. Well, I, w- I wonder if that has anything to do. I just saw in passing on the news that apparently he used, and I don't know the terminology. I didn't sit around because you know it's always the one, one or the other of the main news channels. But they were saying that he used a type of bomb, and I don't know if it was for this at this preschool or what. But he used a bomb that was, I guess, outlawed by. You went NATO, whatever the whatever Geneva, Geneva, Geneva. Convention. yeah. I'm sorry. So yeah, like using what is it? Is it flamethrowers and mustard gas? Like there's things that you can't use in war. He used some kind of a bomb that I guess, as they put in quotes, sucked the air out of the area. So, Vacuum bomb. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. So I wonder if. Oh, it's a shit show. All right, let's get out of this. <laughs> we'll be here forever, and it's just going to keep developing as we go. I'm sure we'll talk about this in the future. Well, I mean, unless it ends this week, and <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> then we I don't mean, have to talk about it on the all, next. Episode. All we want is all we want is cheap vodka, cheap steel cased ammo, and cheap AKs. Is that too much to ask for? Uh, you know, there's so much vodka out there. We don't need Russian vodka. Yeah, it's true. Everybody else makes their own vodka. But... Yeah, I mean, it, who cares if it's the best? We can yeah. take the second best. I mean, I still don't own an AK yet, so come on. <laughs> I guess there's other Eastern European... I guess there's other countries out there that have, have you gotta, AKs too. You gotta buy the Romanian AK with the Romanian vodka or something. There you right? go. There we go. There we go. Because <laughs> you're not getting a Ukrainian AK anytime soon. Yeah, that's true. They're probably not going to export those anywhere. No, you probably can't get the vodka because they've all been turned into Molotovs. So, <laughs> <laughs> probably. Well, as we get as we dig ourselves out of this depressing hole that we just dug, talking about all of these world affairs, do you have anything else that you want to throw in here at the end before we get out of here? <laughs> I, I don't think so. I think we covered quite a bit. Yeah, in, we did <laughs> in this episode. We were, we tried solving our country's problem of shot show. Um, <laughs> we we tried to further some some you know solutions for the world and Putin and <laughs> of course. Oh, sorry everybody had to suffer through all that. But I mean that's why they come to our podcast. That's right? true. Yeah, they just want to hear a couple couple dumb dumbs talk about stuff so <laughs> our take on yep. on putin i guess but by by all means please do if you guys have ideas you guys i mean wasted ammo podcast on on facebook share your articles i know we like keeping it light sharing some memes sharing some jokes and all that but there's plenty of interesting stories coming out of this um you know keep it civil i don't i don't see a problem i don't think anybody's really gonna have an issue with that but i mean there's a lot of good stuff coming out now about these little these little one-liners about you know hey the same people who are trying to tell you you don't need an ar-15 are applauding the ukrainians for (laughs) receiving their weapons and all that you know that's you know why do you need an ar-15 it's in the news right now you know all that yes. kind of stuff so it's all over ukraine <laughs> yeah so but yeah it, 
we'll try and post some stuff and you know as as you know if it's not cnn or fox you know if anybody knows of some better actual reporting news agencies let us know throw them up there um put them in put them in the the wasted ammo podcast facebook uh i'll do my best to try and get us all following that so that way we can keep sharing uh whoever's you know actually reporting the news versus some of this drivel that we get inundated with all the time join us as well on instagram at aftershock underscore podcast same thing you got good if you have good stuff on instagram i know some things some places are a little more apt to put things on instagram than they're on facebook that's fine let us know tag them in there do whatever and we're going to do our best to try and help keep everybody else informed and shameless plug if you uh you want to give up the energy drinks you may be starting to kind of warm up depends on where where you're at i mean here it's kind of like lottery numbers with the temperature it's cold and then it's warm and then it's cold and then it's warm go to strikeforceenergy.com and use code at checkout aftershock all caps they'll get you 20 percent off of your order it's it's a good alternative to all the other crap and it's a lot cheaper too you just dump it in your water and i've been hooked on it for at least a couple of years now three years maybe man i can't even keep track hop on there tell let us know what you guys think and with that you have anything d shock i i don't think so well i i got one little thing without um letting the cat out of the bag you brought you brought it up of our listeners um giving us ideas and there was one in discord and it's kind of in the works so yep we have a kind of a, a listener provided idea that we're going to do a show on here in yeah. the near future don't be afraid to discuss things we do we do read the comments we do look i'm terrible about getting on there and replying to people but we do between the both of us we do read it get on there have discussions who knows something that you said might spark an episode or a conversation reply comment on stuff like I said we just we were just talking about a lot of the stuff that alex posted and pictures he's shown you know saying hey here's how it is up there we need that we, we we're obviously not everywhere we don't know everything this is this is a community thing and that's why we're doing it we want to it's all about everybody else and their experiences yeah and give us suggestions or something you guys want an episode on tactical underwear maybe we'll throw one out there <laughs> who knows well with that thanks for listening to us drone on and on and on about the world's problems hopefully you're not too much more depressed than you were when you came into this and uh we appreciate it and we will talk to all of you hopefully sooner than later thank you peace Where's the button? <laughs> Where's the button? <laughs> Where's the button? Oh. <laughs>